Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Game of Loans podcast with me, your host, Sam. And on today's episode, I'm very excited to announce that we have the awesome Lexi Carducci on the show. Um, Lexi is somebody that I love following on Instagram. So much positivity from her, um, from a from a posting perspective, from a life perspective. Um, and what is so great about Lexi is that she sees things from both sides of the fence. Yes, not only is she a property investor in her own right, but she actually helps others find homes for themselves. She is a not a property sourcer, but a property finder. Um, very similar to, I guess, Kirsty and Phil on location, location, location. So what's really awesome with her is she can understand what people are looking for in a home, which allows her to then create awesome homes as an investor. So something we're going to delve into in a lot of detail on this episode. Now, before we get into it, you know the drill. If you love listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it, please take a screenshot um, as you're listening to it, share it to your stories on Instagram and tag both myself and Lexi in um, in that story and we'll share it about. We just want to list, get as many people as possible listening to this awesome, awesome episode. But enough of me telling you what to do. Um, well, actually, it's not enough of me telling you what to do because I'm going to tell you what to do right now. Enjoy this episode of me interviewing the awesome Lexi Carducci. One. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Game of Loans podcast with me, Sam. And today, I am so, so, so happy because I'm a massive, massive fan. We've got Lexi Carducci on the show. Hi, Lexi. How are you doing? Hello, Sam. I'm really, really good. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm awesome. I'm always awesome. I'm always you awesome. You are always awesome. That's what I love yeah. about you, bringing the positivity. And I think it's um, it's such a nice day outside that I feel yeah. like I've just worked extra hard today, really. So it's quite nice to have a little chit-chat at the end of the day. <laughs> I know. I've actually just been on a little walk um, earlier on this morning and the weather was nice. It was very it was very uh, spring-like. So uh, always puts a spring in my step when the weather's a little oh, bit nicer. So love it. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're too quick for your own good. <laughs> I know. So, so, sometimes I make puns and I don't even realise I've done them until like 20 minutes later. <laughs> Um, so Lexi, look, as I said, big, big fan, but there might be some people that are listening to this. They're like, who is this Lexi person? Um, so um, before we get into the, you know, the nitty gritty of today's episode, do you want to just give us a bit of a rundown as to who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So yeah, I'm Lexi Carducci and um, my, I would say my entire life revolves around property, like every hour of every day is something to do with property. So I'm a property finder, I'm a relocation agent, I'm an investment landlord and I'm a developer and I'm also known as the property fairy godmother. <laughs> I love that. I love, I, do, do you know what, just, just quickly jumping on that. I, so I got given the, the label the property investors broker do you think that it's good to have these kind of like little titles that people know you for or do you think actually it's a bit cheesy um I oh my god it's so I mean it's so cheesy I love that I'm such a big cheese ball so I'm totally fine with it <laughs> but um yeah one of my clients referred to me as the property fairy godmother once and I was like thanks I'm stealing, I'm stealing that. that one yeah <laughs> I That's, am running with that I, um, I, I, yeah, I, I love was, it I was I was told so I worked for a um a company ages ago and um I found out that there is it's kind of like it's a it's a law it's to do with like the written law or something like that that if somebody put, says a sentence in print then you can use it in your advertising and all that kind of stuff and um somebody yeah this the head of this company I was working for got interviewed and it was obviously a brokerage and it was completely taken out of context, but in print, it said that this company was, was the world's favorite brokerage. Okay. Um, or the world's favorite mortgage brokerage. 
if you take it if you if you take it out of content a top context makes it, it's like it sounds really positive he was actually when you read the whole paragraph it was actually meant in quite a negative way um and they were asking a question about various different things they took it and they were running with it in their marketing for ages <laughs> why not <laughs> yeah and so i i did the same um the the premium property guys um uh, harley and guy who many people that listen to this will know because they, they've been um guests on this uh, on this podcast before they uh, did a did something about me, and they they called me the coolest the, the the country's coolest mortgage broker. So I'm like, hey. boom! I am having that. So I'm in, having in, that. in my Instagram uh, profile, I have in in like in little inverted commas, coolest mortgage broker. Do you have the little guy <laughs> with the shades emoji alongside it? I yes. <laughs> <laughs> I need a little fairy next to mine. The fairy 100%. godmother. And a little <laughs> there must be one there must be you can do you can search emojis now so like there must be one that you can find that's got a little fairy next to it i'm sure there is i can picture it already what i feel like it should look like <laughs> amazing well look there was straight away in something that you just said um i'm interested to know what your thoughts are on this you said i am a relocation agent and property finder so lots of there, there's a there's a terminology that's used across the board at the moment which is property sourcer now yeah what, would you then say is the difference between a relocation agent and property finder to a sourcer, or is there a bit of interchangeability between those? I think it's so different across the board. And I've actually, I read an article the other day, actually, that um, was all about buying agents. So there's, I think there's various different names that people are throwing out there. But that was I the first say, terminology I ever heard, was yeah, buying agent. And very American. And I'm seeing, like, I love that conversation that you had with Grant um, recently, because he talked about this kind of American influence that is coming into the property industry. And I really see it turning like that. So I think that's where, why that term has become so popular in the UK as a buying agent but I guess I could be referred to a buying agent as well so in my opinion and this is just my opinion and you know I'm so open to you know opening up the conversation and hearing what other people have to think um, but I would say a property finder when I speak about property finding I'm working exclusively for a private individual who has come to me. I've put together like a bespoke tailored service for them of different requirements and whatever they might want from, from me um, in terms of finding their property. And off I go and I help them and I'm working solely with that person. As a relocation agent, I work with big corporate companies. So they are the ones that are employing me to move their clients and find their, um, their employees a home. So that's more working for companies. That's how I define it anyway. And then property sourcing, I would say is more where you're looking for an investor and you know, you're working on behalf of an investor and you're finding properties that are gonna make them some money and looking at their end strategies. Um, again, that's my personal opinion, and that's kind of in my head how I, I box those up and, and make them different. But um, yeah, most of my clients are looking for a home, not yeah. investment. It's a it's a massive, massive difference as well. And do you know what I find? Because um, obviously, I help clients across the board. I help them when they're when they're looking to buy homes. I help them when they're looking to buy more so on the investment side, but I still help them when they're looking to buy homes. And I find that it's. I would imagine that's almost harder. It's a harder job because there's the emotional side yeah. of things as well, especially with the relocation. You know, you're moving as somebody who has relocated to a different part of the country in the last within the last year or so. Not the last year, actually, eighteen months. God, have I been up here this long? Um, <laughs> it's uh, lockdown. It's, it's got us all going mad. No, I know, I right? no concept of time. Right. Twenty 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 one didn't actually exist. It was like a parallel universe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we just went straight from twenty nineteen to twenty twenty one. And um, 
so it, it is emotional and it is quite hard and you've got to there's things that people are going to miss about where they have been previously or the things that they've got I guess it's almost like a, they've got a shopping list of these ideals but it's almost like that grass is greener scenario isn't it where they're looking at right I want to move to this this place and I, it needs to have this 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 and this but yeah that's Narnia mate that, that doesn't actually exist exactly. there are no yeah. places in the world that have all of those things so that must be quite hard that you've got to kind of like stay positive but also keep them realistic to yeah you know what yeah. you said you want all these things but you've only got 200 grand to spend on a house so and people so I did an interview recently and the lady asked me what's your biggest challenge in your job in your job because she's like sounds great like how hard can that be and I'm like it's not the finding the properties that's hard it is managing expectations is the key to my job like you know any, any person can well I, I mean I the difficulty is finding the stuff as well that takes talent um but yeah actually um I forgot what my train of thought was there but you know what I mean you know I where know I'm going saying. with this yeah. <laughs> and my top thing is compromise is key and exactly like you said you cannot tick all of those boxes unfortunately and it is telling people that and working with you know what is their most important thing so I always say area versus size or space versus specification versus price they're your four big things when it comes to whether you're renting or buying. So I hope I help out in both. Um, a lot of my clients rent first and then they buy. Um, something has to give in all of those. Unfortunately, you can't end up ticking all of those. And then you've got to take into account all the other factors and requirements like schools. Do you need a car parking space? The style of building? Do you want a period conversion? Do you want something that's modern? Because in London, that can really affect where you live. Um, do you need outside space? It's all these other things that you've then got to work with down that list. And going back to, um, you know, buying with your heart rather than necessarily your head. Um, being an investor myself, I've never bought a property with my heart um, ever. And I think that's why some people, you know, I've lost out on loads of properties and loads of deals. And my friends will be like, oh, you must be gutted that you lost that one. And I'm kind of like, well, I'm really blasé about it. I'm kind of like, well, it just it wasn't meant to be. I'm a big believer in that wasn't meant to happen. Otherwise, it would have fallen into place with a bit of hard work. And um, yeah, it's gone move on up on to the next. And I have to say that to my clients sometimes as well, that, <laughs> you know, it it wasn't your dream property if it's gone it clearly wasn't meant for you there was something else that we'll find don't you've got to draw a line <laughs> just got yeah you've just got to you've got you've got to move on that I've written down on my pad here head versus heart and I think this is a really big issue for a lot of investors because if you think about it I mean I, I, I'm always thinking about well, what are people exposed to from a, a property buying perspective in, in investment or or home ownership and it's a lot of it is going to be like especially like going back a few years it's all tv you know before social media was like the biggest thing in the world people watch location 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 you know and on that show when you watch i mean i watch all the property shows you know me too i'm obsessed brand designs <laughs> homes under the hammer like everything um, i love it um, done. love it <laughs> i know i know and um so with something like location 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 which, which may well be what most people's uh exposure to the house buying process is it's so so emotional that show it's all about do you like this property and i think that a lot of investors lose the fact that um and i'm stealing someone else's um terminology here investments are money boxes yes somebody is going to live in there and you do want to create an amazing home for somebody you absolutely do but 
what's the point in creating an amazing home for somebody else when it doesn't pay you what you need to get paid for it? It's got to be an investment first and foremost. And exactly. that's where lots of people lose, uh, lose out in this is because they get emotionally attached to things that aren't going to work anymore. And if the figures don't work, I do it all the time. I sit and deal and analyze with clients and the return on investment's a bit shit. And they hate the fact that I'm really honest with them and go, this is a crap deal. Don't buy it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or I'll never tell a client not to buy anything, but I would say, I say I wouldn't buy it. Or yeah, and sometimes, sometimes I say I do. At the end of the day. Exactly. So I guess you must be the queen of sorry, the god the, the godmother or the fairy godmother <laughs> of being able to switch on and off with the emotion versus the, the head versus heart scenario because you're looking from an investment point of view sometimes for your perspective and then the emotional point of view from your client's perspective that must be incredibly difficult I've got a lot of time for that yeah it, it, it is and it is it is finding that balance but I would say 90% of my clients because they are looking for their home they are going with that emotional and you know in me I'm thinking really like you're paying an overpriced price for something that isn't gonna you can't do anything with it but that is that's what some people want and that's absolutely fine because property I would say it's not one size fits all I'm always looking you know I see the worst house on the best street and I think brilliant the more run down it is great doesn't have a sink great doesn't have a bathroom brilliant um to me that's a that's a good deal but of course other people want to move into something that is brand new it's already been done all the work's been done you wheel your suitcase on in you go you don't have to think about it and that is your home and that's fine because you know a lot of my clients work with big corporate companies they they're not buying for investment they just want a nice place to come back to at the end of the day so yeah it is it is that balance and sometimes I have to you know sometimes I might seem a little bit held back when my clients are like I think we found the one and I'm like let's just run it through a minute and think about this um and then I have to remind myself okay this is for them this is them buying with their heart this is what they want so um yeah it is where it is a balance for sure <laughs> I have this I guess the compromise with with my wife about the potential future homes that we want to buy um because obviously I said we, I, we have emigrated from London to the Midlands <laughs> um, <laughs> she well, she's from here but I'm not obviously I'm from I'm from North London but um the I would be so we're, we're renting at the moment because I want to get used to the, the area and all that kind of stuff. But I would absolutely love to buy a Dura Upper. There's tons around here. There's loads, yeah, and, they're, they're they're and they're amazing. And we can then I can then create it in you know exactly how I want it. M's like, yeah, I just want to move into a home. Like, yeah, I'm happy to like change some wallpaper, but that's it. Like, I don't want anything heavy duty. Whereas I would literally buy a toilet and and turn it into a palace. <laughs> And and I and she just doesn't want to, so I, you know. I think to myself, Do you know what? Okay, that's fine. Happy wife, happy life. Let's, um, you know, let, <laughs> let, let's look at that kind of thing. So it just means I've got to work harder because I've got to buy something more expensive. I think, yeah. <laughs> well, it's so exciting that you're going through that journey at the minute. And when you say there that you are renting before you buy something, smart move, Sam. That's so what I would advise people to do. So a lot of my clients are coming from abroad and our initial conversation is okay we want to buy something and I'm like have you been to London before and they're like no and I'm like okay I think you should rent um and that's always what I would advise someone to do even if it's for just six months mm -hmm. you get into the country you can get set up here it's easier you've got all your bank statements and stuff you've got you're registered with everything it's so much of an easier process and you can get used to living in an area I mean imagine buying something 
you know, with a month's experience living in London and, you know, six months down the line, you're like, I hate this area. This is not mm. for me. And I've now discovered this place that I would have bought there. So I think it's so important. You're doing exactly the right thing to rent before you buy. <laughs> Do you know, I think subconsciously I learned this many, 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 many years ago. I watched a documentary and it was about the Beckhams moving to Spain. Um, oh, when, I think I watched this as well. When, when yeah. David Beckham signed for Real Madrid. Yeah. And they were looking around these palaces. <laughs> they were talking <laughs> about rent. And I remember at the time thinking, rent? David Beckham is going to rent? Like, what the hell? But it was, it made perfect sense. And actually, I didn't realise this. A lot of footballers actually rent. Because yeah. they're obviously, especially, you know, top, top level ones. Um, they're moving around the country, you know, because one season they're playing for Man United. The next season they're playing for Southampton or the next season they're playing for Wolverhampton or whatever they're moving around like if they if they buy somewhere then suddenly they've got to, they've got to go and buy somewhere else and notoriously because I have had some footballers as clients in, in the past and, and helped them with their mortgages people think oh they earn millions so they can they can afford loads actually everyone's everyone income and expenditure is subjective to their personal situation yes they might be earning hundreds of thousands but they are spending hundreds, spending of, thousands hundreds of thousands as well actually they're from a from a from you know the, the point of view of surplus income, they're exactly the same. So a lot of them don't actually have massive deposits either. And when you're buying buying properties that are in the millions, you generally need 30, 40% deposit to buy to get mortgages because a lot of the private banks need yeah. you to have those. So from that point of view, actually renting makes a lot of sense from for, for them as well. But yeah, I think that was where it first kind of came into my head I was like actually yeah that makes um that makes a lot of sense, makes sense. and it's but, funny that you should mention the footballers and sport and things because my cousin actually used to work for Hamptons estate agency um in their corporate department literally just focusing on sports relocation that was his mm. job <laughs> that is, do you know what, there's obviously a connection you've mentioned Grant who works for Hamptons um I used to be a broker for Hamptons years oh ago. no way yeah in their city of London branch um so yeah, good, good brand, good, good, good brand. brand. Love yeah, it, yeah. and they've just had a little rebrand, haven't they? But they yeah, big shout I out like to the corporate team at um, at Hamptons and Shanann <laughs> and Bradley. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> been a bit of been a while since I worked there. I don't I don't know if they they probably wouldn't even remember who I was. I barely went into their office to be honest with you. I was like a nomad. I was like a, a field broker. So I just a used field to, broker. I love like that. A, yeah, it just doesn't mean I was sitting in a field with like cows and sheep and stuff. Like, I was just, <laughs> I was just traveling around London like a bit of a nomad with a with a backpack on that looked like a it was like a a briefcase but with straps. It was dreadful. Um, yeah, I look, I'm the biggest geek in the world. <laughs> all I all I, all I needed was the uh, the the, um, the the lightning bolt in my forehead, and I looked like I'm in Harry Potter. It was Harry dreadful. Potter. Yeah. Off you go. <laughs> back, back before the beard days. Yeah. A bit, bit of a geek. I do. What would Harry Potter be now in real days? He's probably got a beard as well. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. I mean, wizards, as they get older, invariably longer hair. Oh, yeah. They love beard. a beard, don't they? That's, the wizards. Yeah. I, I'm, I am the mortgage wizard now. That's that's what it is. Yeah. <gasps> oh, there you go. The property fairy godmother. <laughs> I the love mortgage wizard. I love it. Um, yeah. Sam, when you mentioned earlier about, I actually noticed this down to pick up on when you said, when we were talking about like emotions and buying stuff. And I think, I do a lot of, um, when I buy properties, I uh, invest a lot. My boyfriend, he's also in the property industry. He owns a chain of estate agencies. And um, awesome. so literally what I said earlier that my life- Property my is property, life, yeah. It really is, yeah. My, my partner's in the same industry as well. <laughs> but when we buy stuff, I said that I never buy stuff emotionally. However, when it comes to things like interiors and things like that, 
I go one way and he goes the other way. I'm the one that's like, let's paint this. Let's put the wallpaper up. Let's put this good flooring down. Let's do this workspace. And he's like, Lex, we're not living here. We're renting it out. Like we don't need to spend all that money. And even recently on one of the developments that we've done, um, the it's a, it was a four bedroom house. It's now four flats. And the ground floor flat had a nice big garden. It was a huge garden. And I was like, well, this is nice, isn't it? For a ground floor two bedroom. But my boyfriend was like, I think we can get parking spaces at the back here. And I'm like, well, you're going to cut the garden in half. Like really gutted about it. He's like, yeah, but each of those spaces could be worth like 25 grand. So. <laughs> Boom. That's like, a guy that's thinking with his head, not his heart. Exactly. Is, and I'm there like, really oh, pretty garden. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so there's a couple of things I want to um, sort of try and see if we can find a way of deviating into, which is... First and foremost, I, I really want to hear more about how, because you said property is life. I really want to hear more about how you stumbled into property, because invariably lots of people stumble into it. Um, so I'd love to hear about that. I also would really want to find out a little bit more about how your day-to-day -day job in terms of, you know, a relocation specialist um, works with, as a business, with the investing. Because I think I have an idea about how it probably will. And I'd love to hear more about how you work that. But also would love to hear a little bit about what you are investing and developing in and how you run that side of the business. So are we cool to kick off that first part and talk a little bit about how you actually, how, how, how did property become your life? Yeah. And it's exactly like you said, I completely stumbled into it. So I was um, 20, I think it was about 20. I was living, years ago, well, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> God long, too long ago now. I've slowly approached, well, quickly actually, approaching 30 it's not fun 30 in may and i'm just like please let lockdown be over i'm slowly approaching 40 that's uh, that's that's making me feel <laughs> <laughs> i can't deal with it but yeah so I, I was 20 i was living i came to london when i was 18 i'm originally from torquay in devon um and i yeah came to london bummed around really didn't really know what I wanted to do I did everything from working in a clothes store I studied um like I guess what you could call it like production art so like makeup hair um production things for theatre film and television enjoyed that that was quite good um got in with a lot of musical theatre friends and thought oh, okay I'm going to do musical theatre, even though I never dabbled in it in my life. And um, I was never very good at dancing, went to all these auditions, never got anywhere, um, became a singer. I was like, right, OK, I can, I can kind of do this. I'll focus on that. So was like, right, I'm going to become a singer. That's going to be my thing. Uh, got into a music school that was based in Acton. And it was you get a degree there, but it wasn't a university. I think it was part of like the University of West London. It was called Tech Music School, but you didn't get halls of residence. You're not on a big campus. So we had to rent privately. Um, so I made friends with some of these girls. There were three of us. We were looking for a three bedroom furnished flat. Just went round to the local estate agencies and um, I met my boyfriend. <laughs> he was my estate agent. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> insane. And he completely upsold me right from the beginning. You know, he uh, we were looking for a three bed furnished flat. We ended up taking a four bedroom unfurnished house. <laughs> wow. So OK. He's good at what he does. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> um, and yeah, so when I was studying my music degree, um, I obviously needed a little part-time job. So I started working for him on Saturdays as an estate agent. And then once I'd finished my degree, I 
it, yeah, it kind of fizzled out for me. I think I realized, okay, this has been a fun three years. I've made some great friends, paid a lot of money to make them, but um, I don't <laughs> think I'm going to crack the music industry. I think it just became a bit of a reality and it wasn't, it wasn't quite for me. And I was thinking, I was back to that. What am I doing again? What do I do? So um, I took a full-time job with my boyfriend. I worked as a lettings negotiator, which was good fun. I liked it. But at that point, I didn't understand that estate agency obviously worked for the landlord um lettings agent worked for the landlord and i wanted to work for the people mm. and I, that was always this thing and i was like well, what did kirsty and phil do taking it back to them you know i see them on the telly i want to do what they do mm. and my boyfriend said they're like relocation agents or property finders so i was like right i'm going to become one of them then so i literally googled that evening property finding, relocation services in London, went through this list on, a, um, I think it was called ARP, the, the company website where you could find them all, picked out all the ones that were in good locations that I would like to travel to, like High Street Kensington and Fulham. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Everywhere that was easy for me to get to. And I had an interview with a guy and he literally took me on the next day. He just started this company. Um, so he just wanted help with everything. And yeah, I kind of helped him build up that company over the next five years. I employed my cousin, the same one that used to work for Hamptons. Um, he took a job with us as well. And I did everything from accounts to finding new business to actually taking out um, employees and assignees on relocation searches. And I just did everything and it absolutely exhausted me. It was great fun. And I learned everything I needed to know about the industry. But I soon realized that, OK, I don't have a life anymore. <laughs> and um, that's where when I became freelance and I thought, OK, I could do this on my own. But I don't you know, I still work a lot with that company, um, but I didn't need to work for them full time and do all these other little bits. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So now I just do that for myself as a relocation agent and a property finder. And that's how I got into yeah. that side of things. Do you know what's what's great about that um, is that. I think probably one of the questions I get asked more of more often than anything is, um, you know, Sam, I'm a I'm a prop I want to be a property investor. Where should I start? And they expect me to turn around and tell them that they need to buy a property, and that quite often isn't necessarily the case. Yeah, I get paid when you buy a property because I'll sort the mortgage or the bridging or whatever out for you, and then that's how I do my business. But ultimately, the, the right advice is probably doing something similar to what you've done, which is um, to find a way of merging a way of making money now with learning about the industry. And like, it's, when, I, when I've just said it, even, even saying that out loud to myself, I'm like, that's so blimmin' obvious, isn't it? <laughs> um, but there are so many people out there that don't. And they're like, oh, but I've got my job. I've, I've been working in, in this job for five years and I'm really good at it and I earn good money. Yeah, great. Uh, but you're doing 12 hour days and you're not being able to pursue your dream of being a property investor. So do you want to be a property investor or do you want to carry on doing this job for the next... 50 years and take a pension that you probably won't be able to live on um you know make, make the choice and and, yeah. and it might sound like it's actually a hard choice i think it's an easy one um you are taking a risk but ultimately if you can find an opportunity and not be scared of having to move around a few different companies to, to learn your trade or whatever it might be you know there's um there's a lot to be said to going out and actually getting a job, working in the property industry to learn about it, to get contacts, to get confidence, um, because you are actually going to get paid to learn. Um, yeah, exactly. ra rather than going to, I'm not going to name any names on property courses, but paying them thousands of pounds, yeah. get somebody to pay you thousands of pounds to, to, to learn, learn to, on the job. Learn, learn the sure. trade. And that, that's essentially what you've done, isn't it? 
yeah, that's exactly what I've done. And I, you know, I still learn now. I brand myself as a property expert when I go and talk on shows and things like that. But by no means do I know everything. Every day I'm still learning something new. And I think that's why it's so that's what I'm just trying to get across to, you know, like the younger generation and, and people that are trying to get into the property industry is that, you know, you'll get there. If I can get there, other people can get there. Exactly. <laughs> and it, it is. And it's about asking questions like that. You know, there's that saying, no question is a stupid question. I totally agree with it. You know, I wish I'd asked some stupid questions at some point in my journey. And I think, God, I would have got there a hell of a lot quicker if I just had the balls to ask that question. Mm hmm. Do you know what? I, I do that all the time. And probably the, the most prevalent um, example of that is I will go to lenders. Like, to, uh, My clients expect me to have the answers to everything, you know, how every single lender works, how every single underwriter works, every single tiny piece of criteria. And I'm constantly, constantly, constantly talking to uh, lenders all the time, asking them, how does this work? What does that mean? Um, how do you want me to do this? How do you want me to do that? Because I've been doing this 14 years and I'm not going to just big myself up too much. I'm probably better than quite a lot of brokers out there. But that's only because I've made so many fuck ups over the yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I've, le- I've had the opportunity to learn from those experiences. But that by no means means that I now know everything. And you know what? And I'm really sorry for any brokers out there that are listening that feel this way about themselves. But I'm going to tell you now you're wrong. Um, they get to a certain stage and they start to act like solicitors or like, people that are just like so infallible that you cannot possibly do anything wrong and I've worked with brokers like that in the past and they piss me off because for me every day's a school day no matter how yes, every day's you are, a school day that's my I, favorite thing I guarantee you Jeff Bezos learns something new every day I guarantee you Steve Jobs before he unfortunately left this mortal coil was uh was learning things every day Bill Gates does it Warren Buffett does it and he's like 207 you know <laughs> Um, the, the people that are successful in what they do continually keep their mind open to new knowledge and it doesn't matter where you are in your journey you need to be open to that and also and 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 on that subject like the kind of mini tangent and keep passing that knowledge on as well yes, do you know how, you know how much negativity I get from other brokers on social media t- telling me you're an idiot I can't believe you're giving this stuff away you know but I get abuse from other brokers all the time and I, and I just go yeah, cool, thanks. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, do you know what my boyfriend would say about this? My boyfriend has the best sayings ever. He said, he would say- I need to meet this guy, problem. I like him already. Yeah, oh, you'd love him. He would say, that's a you problem to them. Oh. That's your problem. Why are you bringing that to me? Don't make your problem my that problem. Is my, my sister-in-law's favorite phrase is, it sounds like a you problem. Oh, so like we're, a you we're, problem. Wherever on like family Zooms, all I can hear is Jess in the background going, <clears throat> sounds like a you problem. Um, and I just, yeah, I don't love it. I love that so much because I'm, I'm all for helping people with their, their problems. Um, but only if they're going to, you know, ask for it. I'm not just going to say. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. And that's what I really want my channel, particularly on Instagram to be like, is to just help people. I have my little home hints section on there and it's just, and when you say about learning things in this industry, you're constantly learning new things. Look at the budget last week. Look at your video that you did. I did Mm. one on on the, on the, uh, the budget as well. And the 95% mortgages and things like that. And just keeping it fresh, keeping it up to date. There's always something new going on, isn't there? But also the thing is, is, we have, and somebody said the other day, oh, um, how do you get ideas for, for videos on YouTube? I'm like, go on YouTube and watch other people's videos. Yeah. Like, that's exactly what I do. And then I give my own opinion on stuff that obviously people are interested in learning about. Yeah. Um, and so 
somebody could watch the video that I've done on 95% mortgages. Somebody could watch the video or that you've done and it could be, they could be quite aligned in terms of the out, out, outlook on it or they could be completely different. Either way, they're going to learn something new from both of those because it's a different thought process, a different outlook on it, a different perspective. Yeah, and definitely. So you, that, that just means like, oh God, the internet and social media, it give, it's given such a bad reputation because for 99% of the time, people use it for the wrong reasons. I use it to inspire myself, to yeah. learn, to, to, to like find out about awesome other human beings that are out in the world. That's how I find a lot of my, uh, my podcast uh, guests. Exactly. You know, so it's great. And you share that all with us. And then I, you know, we listen to your podcast and we're like, brilliant. Who's this? Let's check them out. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's, it's like, a, it, it's actually got to the point, I think this episode is going to be like episode 79, I think. And so exactly. that's a lot of people that have now kind of like been part of my little community. And, and, um, and hopefully that's, you know, so many people have, have learned from all these people, they've interacted. And this is going to sound really weird when I say this, it's almost a little bit like the whole coronavirus thing. You know, when the government are saying, you know, don't got to stand two metres apart, because one person can give it to four people, can give it to four people, can give it to four people. My podcast and, and and my channel on YouTube and your channel on YouTube and your Instagram and all these other things, it works in a similar way. Yeah. If two or three people see it, then they can pass it oh, on to other people. Someone else. And then everyone suddenly gets gets to, to hear the message. And it's it's so positive. I mean, this is getting a bit kumbaya now, but it's still, you know, <laughs> I, it's so I think it's so great. And this is what pisses me off about people going, oh, the, the social media is so, so negative. No, it's like the mask. When you put the mask on Jim Carrey, it exacerbated all the things about yeah, his personality. Yeah, and it's what you see and what you take, you choose to see from Instagram. If you go exactly. and focus on all the negative comments, of course that's what it's going to seem like, isn't it? You Whereas, know, there's this amazing feature on social media. It's called Block. Well, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> I block people all the time. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Sorry, anyone that I've blocked. I've only ever blocked people <laughs> that either piss me off or just spread negativity. And negativity. I have blocked, no I have time blocked for people. It. I've got no time for it. I want my feed to be full of amazing positive stuff. And I actually okay. made a, I um, not wanting to go off on too many like, negative tangents, but I had a really dreadful breakup like seven years ago, eight years ago. And um, I was a mopey bastard for like nine months after that. And um, I made a decision one day that I was sick of being that negative person online. And so I made a, a, a pledge to myself that I would never, ever post something negative online ever again. Everything I said had to be positive. And if it was going to be negative, I wasn't allowed to post it. Yeah. And since then, I haven't. I've, yeah, I've it's hand, all about mindset. And you know what? What you, what you put out, you get back. Since then, yes. my business has grown exponentially. My, um, the, my network has grown exponentially. And the quality of the people that are in my life has grown, um, you know, incredibly. I met one, my wife, you know, that's, that's pretty decent. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I'm a I'm a massive fan of, of, of that sort of philosophy of you get you get back what you put out what you put um, in definitely and not being afraid to to share stuff so when you said earlier about oh I'll go and look at other people's YouTubes or videos and be like okay that's a good idea I'm going to run with that so many times I've done that and got so much of my content like that and other people will be like oh don't ooh, what if she sees that you've posted that and you've copied her idea and I'm like that is, you don't own the internet it's not your <laughs> idea like I'm just putting my spin on it so I love that again, you, don't, you don't own the internet the inter <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> but Thanks. you know what I mean like it's just another another saying from my boyfriend is um uh oh what is it the copying someone copy like copying is the biggest biggest flattery yeah, or something yeah, like, that, yeah. Um, like that imitation is the greatest form of flattery 
There it is. Boom. Yeah. Nailed it. Thank you. It is a hundred percent. I believe that. Um, in fact, I was actually on a um, a really cool clubhouse room earlier on. I was one of the moderators, and we were talking about we're actually talking about um, the things that successful people don't do. And um, one of the the things that I we were talking about was kind of like um, looking at looking outwards rather than inwards um, and just concentrate on yourself, your own journey. Don't get sidetracked by what other people are saying too much. Um, and I jumped on there and I said, you know what? I'm going to disagree with every single one of you because that's what I do for a living, just disagree with people apparently. Um, and I said, actually, I believe that the best thing you can do is to look outward. I spend a lot of time procrastinating in inverted commas um, on YouTube and, and Facebook and Instagram because I actually want to be inspired by yeah. what other people are doing. I'm not going to lie. If I see like a property investor that I follow in their stories, like big up some other mortgage broker, I'm not going to say I don't die inside a little, but um, but I'm also aware that of the, there is an abundance and you shouldn't get too, too caught up in that. I see other people that do what I do and I'm inspired by it. I see other people that yeah. run businesses and I'm inspired by what they do. I don't try and, to, to steal a Gary Vaynerchuk phrase, I don't try and build the biggest tower by knocking everyone else's tower down i try and build the biggest tower by building the biggest freaking tower you know and and that's this again all comes back to this whole negativity versus positivity thing you make it what it is and and this bringing it all back round to property i think people a lot of investors get so hung up on looking on instagram and seeing people that are 20 steps ahead of them and comparing themselves to them no you are amazing in your own right. Yeah. There is so much opportunity. Get out there and do it rather than getting too hung up on, you know, worrying that somebody else has, has just bought their 170th house in the space of a week, you know? Yeah, and who's to Who say those people are making loads of money on that house anyway? All you need is one good deal and off, off you go. 100%, 100%. And I guess that kind of brings us nicely on to, to talking about uh, property investing. Um, because I'm quite keen to find out how how this works and whether you have a similar mentality to me on this, because you're 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 a few steps ahead of me on this certainly. Which is you've got your business, which is um, amazing, and, and yes, it is property related, but at the end of the day, it's generating your cash. Yeah. Is it, it? Do you follow the kind of mentality of your business makes the cash to buy the assets kind of scenario? Is that what you kind of follow? Um, I guess. I, I look at my, I guess it was at the beginning because how I bought my very first property and my very first property was actually a buy to let and I'll go into more of that in a minute. Um, but yeah, I bought my first property buy to let with cash I'd saved up from the job that I was doing. So yes, in that term, it funded my first property. And I think that's that's the same for most people. That's probably where how they fund their properties. And then from that one deposit, I just made it work for me. So I can always... Um, it depends what strategy I'm going with, whether I'm going to sell it and might flip it, sell it, um, or if I'm going to refurbish it and refinance it, which I actually end up doing with most of my stuff. It's just depending on the market. I never really have a an end plan. I'm, it kind of depends on the market when it comes to, I always think I'm going to sell it and then maybe the market's not great. And I'm like, fine, I'll just refinance it, pull that cash back out, just let it off it go um, and I'll rent it out. And so the majority of my other properties have come from that first deposit and the money that I've got back in equity from refinancing. So it's just continued, it's continued to kind of grow that that way. And then from each one, it's you can add a little bit more money that I've earned or you know investments or anything else that I've done. Um, and then that pot starts to grow and you can slowly start to buy bigger property. And that that's exactly my journey. And, and that's what yeah. I've done. Yeah. Because I kind of see um, like property is a business. And I think I, I was talking, I was actually talking to somebody, um, I think, I mean, 
my god you're probably exactly the same get so many messages on instagram and social media that i'm just like just quickly I like, reply 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 and then you um, get lost in the black hole <laughs> oh my god yeah and it doesn't help as well talk about black hole my my instagram's on um like light save mode or whatever it is like earth save mode so it's all black as well so I, it literally is a black hole, is <laughs> black hole. Into. Um, um everyone should do that by the way that's save the earth one once it's, and, it, and it saves your it helps your eyes as well absolutely that's mul- multiple reasons why you should be doing that um but i was talking to this one guy and and i was talking to him about how actually so many people don't see property as a business and that's a fundamental um mistake i think because you need to treat anything that is you know going to create cash and stuff like that as a business model and so when you look at it that way suddenly then you then line up the property business or multiple property businesses because you've mentioned you flip properties you keep properties for me that's almost like two property businesses in one if you like Um, and then you've got your actual business that is you know is your trading business and all of those should kind of work together and that's you know, as much as I really, really love what I do, I can't lie. I love chatting to clients. I love hearing about what they're going to do. I love negotiating with bridging lenders and stuff. Like I absolutely love it. Proper old school brokering that we do. And um, I love all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, Grand Union Finance, cash generator, it's there to make lump sums of cash. I don't need a lot of money to live off. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here in a hoodie that's from Primark. It cost me like £8.50. So I don't need flash watches and flash cars um, we were talking about this uh, we on, the, talking on about the live, the yeah, about the cars over there. I don't need all that stuff. So, but I'm I want my business to do well to generate me cash to build an asset base, and so mm-hmm. it kind of all works hand in hand, I guess. And I think that's yeah. where a lot of people don't think of the bigger picture. Why are you doing this? What what is what is that particular block bringing to the the table of your overall yeah. kind of success wealth business strategy? Yeah. And for me, it's so much like my biggest thing is a work life balance. Like having worked freelance now, I honestly think I'm unemployable. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I just couldn't. Never. I, for me, it's lifestyle. And I just love being able to do what I want when I want. And, you know, and it all fits into that. And property investing kind of, you know, works hand in hand and allows me to not have to work full time and, and just a few days a week with my property finding business. And it's, again, both things I really, really enjoy doing. And yeah, so it, it's exactly like you said, it works hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. So well, um, obviously, um, I don't want to finish up without delving into your property investment in a little bit more detail. Um, because I think what I liked about what you said just a moment ago was sometimes you're not sure of the exit i'm always telling my clients you know we need a watertight exit to this but actually what you've said is absolutely fine because you do have an exit in fact you have two exits you just don't necessarily nail it down yeah (laughs) but as long but as long as both work yeah actually that allows you so much freedom to decide what to do with it That's, that's surely a massive positive yeah and it's um i think most of the stuff that i've done i've done thinking okay i'm just gonna flip this and sell it and then the market just hasn't been at the right point or or I've gone you, you know what rents are really good right now let's just rent it out refinance and move on to the next or for example I'm living in a property right now where I'm sat which is 10 doors down the road from my second property that I bought that I now rent out because the property that I'm sat in right now has got planning permission to it's a little detached bungalow in West London and we've got planning permission to knock the whole thing down and put up a villa of five flats um, and of course, when we do that, where are we going to live? So even though it's rented out at the minute, the plan is to move back down there. But um, but who knows, you know, 
things might not work out. I might find something else that's a nice little one bed flip deal and I'll move into that and do the work whilst this is being done. So it's, I just like to keep my options open. Mm. I, I think um, if going back to the beginning of, of this conversation, if I had to try and sort of put that across to Mrs. Norris about, this is what we're going to do over the next five years, darling. Um, I think she would divorce me. <laughs> so, so I have, I, have to, I probably have to keep that separate. I, I'm, I'm so I've said this a lot and it's, I guess I'm always I'm putting sort of pressure on myself by saying this but I'm really I haven't done a, I haven't done anything in property for so long now um I haven't flipped anything I've never I've never actually rented any property but I've I've done flips and I haven't done them for ages I'm getting like the ants in my pants this year to do it yeah you're getting itchy feet and you I keep telling work. everyone I think this year I'm going to do a flip I think this year I'm going to do a flip we're in blooming March I haven't even looked um and um and I, I say it quite a lot now in front of Emily and it's funny how when I first started doing it, she's like, whatever, Sam, come on. Now she's kind of not against it as much as, as, yeah. I, as I thought. So I'm like, okay, okay. She's coming around to it. So yeah, watch, watch this space. I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen because oh, obviously my, so like, my first and foremost is I, I need to be putting the effort into Grand Union at the moment. But um, but yeah, I've kind of got that that buzz for it at the moment that I feel I feel yes, like. I think it's because it's a new area, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm I'm driving around. You've really see so many opportunities. That. Convert that, yeah. cool. Convert that. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like and that's so how we got this. Um, and that's one big key thing, isn't it? Like you know, with property finding, and when it comes to my own investments, people people sometimes think, oh, what are you doing? You're just looking on Rightmove, and it's so much more than looking on Rightmove. Like this property that we've got here. Um, we just used to walk past it every day. It was a detached bungalow. It was overgrown. The windows were smashed. And we were like, what's going on here? Saw an estate agency board that had been knocked down and in the in the garden, just called them up and was like, so you must have been selling this. Like, what's going on with it? And there was all, it was kind of um, sold subject to planning. Planning would be going on for 18 months. And the person that was selling it was obviously who was selling it on behalf of his sister who had gone into a home. Um, so no one was actually living there. And yeah, it was just going on and on and dragging on. And we were like, we can buy this now. We don't need it with planning because we, you know, you can access planning online. We'll just do it as we live in it. We, there's no rush for us. And um, luckily there is no rush for us because it's taken another 18 months to get planning <laughs> accepted. But it's fine because we've been living in it. We've been paying a mortgage on it. We've turned, um, it was a three bedroom bungalow. There was like a little room to the side which we actually just blocked off and made a studio flat out of it and we rent that out and that's who I was just waving to then I <laughs> <in> the flat. <laughs> amazing so this you know this this kind of stuff you I think with, with property and I, I say this quite a lot um and I'm lucky I get exposed to property investors multiple property investors on a daily basis I talk to my own clients I talk to new clients prospective clients all that kind of stuff and I say this to lenders because this is the important thing is I think property investors are some of the most creative people on the planet. You know, the, the problem, the, 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 the best property investors are the ones that can solve problems and they do. The yeah. problem, the biggest problem is, is from my perspective, is often the lenders are about 20 paces behind a lot of the time. So they'll come to me and say, I'm going to do this. I'm like, that is the best idea ever. But try funding it. But yeah, <laughs> um, good luck funding it. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> going to be tricky. But let's try and see if we can find a compromise here. Um, but I do think that, that, you know, everything you've just said there, it's thinking outside the box, it's constantly going, right, I found a problem, how am I now going to try and solve it? And that, for me, is, is the key. And it's obviously why, you know, you're, you're so successful in what you do, because you obviously, you, you and your boyfriend have this knack of being able to find solutions to problems. And that, I think, is, is again, more a, a headspace thing. It's right, 
uh, what kind of mindset have you got? Is it a problem solving mindset or is it a, oh my God, there's a problem here. So I'm just going to put my head in the sand. And yeah. And, and not just solving problems, but like trying to save money is always a big thing. So, I mean, this is the first year I've been with my boyfriend 10 years now. And this is the wow. first year that we've lived on our own because we've always had a flatmate in our um, in our properties to just help pay the mortgage. So Why not? it's just something that you you can, if you can save a little bit, saying that though, I'm never going back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to it now. We, you know, we, we did it actually, um, going back, this was probably about two years ago. We live in London. We had a flat, and I'm not gonna lie, this flat was like costing me an absolute bomb. Um, yeah. And compared to what I'm paying now, it's just out, out, outrageous. It's um, ridiculous. It was a beautiful <laughs> flat, I'm not gonna lie. But um, almost by accident, we just had a guy at the pub. Um, was he, he walked in? I mean, we you know we've known him for a while. Walked in with a massive bag. I was like, "You right, mate? How's it going?" He's like, "Oh well, you know, I don't actually have anywhere to live right now." Um, I was like, "Shit, come and live with me." Um, yeah. and, and luckily, Emily said yes. We, um, we didn't charge him a lot, but I didn't want him to live there for free for him because actually, yeah. I think he would have felt bad. But actually, yeah, it was it wasn't the best thing in the world. That, you know, but we didn't really see him that much. He was out working all day, and usually used to go to the pub after work, so he, we didn't see him till late anyway. But, you know, it's great. We had the spare spare space. He helped. We were struggling a little bit with, with the cost on a monthly basis because actually I think we, we bit off more than we could chew with that particular flat. And, and it worked out great. It's all about thinking outside the box. And we helped somebody that was in need in doing doing that. Yeah, so, you know, why not? Exactly. That's kind of best of both, I guess. You, you, you're you saving and you're helping. I love it. <laughs> and exactly. I think that's actually a key thing for people. You know, you probably get it a lot as well. A, how do I get into the property industry? B, how do I save for a deposit? And I think that's one of the key things, sharing accommodation. Okay, it's not ideal for everyone, but we've all had to do it. And um, why not? If it can save you some money and you can put that money towards your deposit, because that's the biggest thing, isn't it, when getting into property, um, then then go for it. Or, you know, I had a, a friend recently who's just bought something and throughout lockdown, she actually moved back with her parents. And again, people look at that as a step backwards. And I'm like, no, that's a massive step forward because look how much it's going to save you. It's it's you need to think about I think exactly that all of those little things make up the small little percentages of your overall plan. And some people might say, okay, well you're 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 taking a step back. Well, guess what? When you get it, when you're going to go and kick a football, what's, what's the first thing you do? You usually take a step back. I mean, oh, Sam, the puns, I love it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so you sometimes got to take that step back in order to move forward. And it, and it's it's. If you're going to go and do that and then spend all of your extra cash on stupid oh, yeah. shit, no then then there's no point. But if you have that as part of a plan, I'm going to do this for six months because in that time I can save I can X, X, Y, yeah. Z. And that's going to mean that I can go and do this. Then that's what it's part of. It's that it's the people that aren't in control of that additional money and then go and spend it on, you know, give it to Jeff yeah. Bezos on Amazon, you know? <laughs> exactly. And that's such a big thing. I mean, in one of my home hints videos on Instagram was 10 kind of top tips for buying a property. And you will be able to back this up as a mortgage broker, that the fact that you, um, you need to look at your spending habits before you even go and get a mortgage. And it's such, mm -hmm. it's one of the most important things to do. I remember not being able to get a mortgage for ages, A, because I was freelance. So that's a massive kind of, um, brick wall isn't it oh what's that sorry a pigeon, a pigeon just <laughs> flew into, into my I window <laughs> that just scared me absolutely jesus out that's hilarious sorry everyone <laughs> pigeons just flown into my into my window a pigeon literally flew into the window yeah and it's, and it, the window was open i know it's, it's left a massive mark as well <laughs> no oh my god is it alive 
Oh, well, I'm, I'm sure it's probably, yeah, somewhere. I don't yeah, have a balcony on that window. It'll so be okay. We're it, saying it's okay. But no, yeah, no, just... no animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's one big thing, isn't it? To look after your, your spending habits before applying to a mortgage. Exactly. I, I've got on record as saying I would suggest that at least 95% of the entire country could not, at any given time before checking, tell you to the nearest £100 what their monthly expenditure is. It's be- and, and most of the time, they will get in the wrong direction, unfortunately. Yeah. So if I say to a client, what's, your, what's, your, what's your, your, your monthly spending? They give me a figure, we then itemise it, and it's grossly incorrect. Yeah. And that, to me, is, is one of the fundamental issues with, with our society, is actually a complete lack of financial literacy. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a condescending and horrible way to everyone that's listening. I mean it in a way of actually who actually teaches this stuff. You know, I know. How do we that's learn this stuff? And that's why people, our Instagram, people, Sam. That's how they exactly. learn. Exactly. <laughs> people people get annoyed with rich and famous people. You know, they go, "Oh, you know, how did how did so and so become rich? How and so to?" It's actually, I think that the, the and I've done so much research on what makes rich people rich. I actually believe that one of the core core fundamentals is having financial literacy and understanding how money works. And ultimately, it's taking more than you more than you give out. And you keep doing that over a consistent period of time, you become rich. Simple. Yep. <laughs> oh, I know. And we've all, just to point that out, like for people that think, oh, it's so tough to not do this and I want to go and have a social life and, and whatever. Look what we've all just done in the last year and how, like, I know people's circumstances have been very different and it's been very, very difficult for some people. But personally, I've saved so much money because I haven't been going here, there and everywhere and out for meals and out to clubs and and whatever else you might do and out to little staycations. And if you just sacrifice a few things for what, three months or so, um, look look how much you can save. The difference is insane. Yeah, it really is. So that's that's everyone's homework from from this yes, podcast. Yes, I like it. Is you've got you've got to go away and you've actually got to itemize all of your spending for the last couple of months and figure out you know where how much money you actually you actually spend. And I think that there's a lot of people listening to this that probably won't go and do it, but I hope that the vast majority do because it's it's an incredible thing. I say people treat your personal life and personal finances like a business. Have an income and expenditure. Um, kind of folder or Excel spreadsheet, understand how much money is coming into you as, as you know, as human being limited um, and how much you're expending on a monthly basis and actually just ensure that you're not overspending. Because that invariably, that's, that's what happens is you overspend, you go into an overdraft, you you spend on a credit card, that kind of stuff, and then it, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Where if you get a handle on it, then you can, you can do great things with money and yeah. automate as well. This is another thing I'd say to people, automate. When, when, my, when I get money coming in from my business, the first thing it does is I shoot a little bit of spending money into my spending account. I shoot a bit of money into my bills account. Money goes into my savings. Money goes into my investments. It happens straight away without me needing to do anything. And then I know, right, that's in that one account. That's what I can spend this month. Yeah. And as long as I don't spend more than that, I'm going to be fine. My investment's going to keep growing. My savings going to keep growing. And my bills are going to get paid. Bish, bash, bosh. Simple as that. And it really is as simple as that takes you about two hours to get all that sorted out but if anyone wants to wants to ask me about how I do that please just dm me yeah. on instagram and I will tell you how I do and that there's and so it's many simple. apps as well aren't there I know apps you can do that on it's brilliant nowadays it's, a, where, it's where amazing to. 
Do you know what I'd say on that? Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of your time, Lexi, because I know I've been keeping you for ages. Oh, I could talk to you all but, day. Honestly. But one thing um, that I, one really good bit of advice I'd give to people when it comes to spending money is um, get, an, get a spending account that is just purely for spending and make sure it's with a company or with a, with a, um, a bank or a provider that when you spend money, it instantly shows on your online banking like a Monzo account or something like that, which it, so it pings you to let you know that you've spent it and it updates it straight away. Because the worst thing is, is when you've got an account at like old school accounts, you know, I've got NatWare, Santander, all that kind of stuff. It takes five or six days to actually update and show something on your statement. So you might think, oh, I've got 500 pounds in my bank. That means I can go and, you know, buy that XYZ or whatever. And, and actually then suddenly you're like, oh shit, um, I forgot that that came out, that came out, that came out. Get a spending account that just literally shows yeah, you how it is at any there. given moment. <laughs> Definitely <It's> been there. <laughs> so helpful. Top tip. I don't get. Top I don't tip. get. I don't get. I don't get the opportunity to share these top tips. I might do a post actually. Little carousel. Please. Sam. Sam's top tips for managing your money. <laughs> yeah, do it. Do it. I feel if, like any, if anyone's got this far on this on this episode and they think that's a good idea, just send me a DM and I will do it. If I get ten people send me a DM, I'll do that post. <laughs> I like the sound of that. I'm there for it. <laughs> Amazing. Lexi, do you know, I, I've, I've loved this episode so much. I don't, I don't know how, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that it will be very valuable to everyone that's listening, but I've just enjoyed just having a good old chinwag with you. Yeah, it's been great. absolutely. Um, and sharing different, different sides of the industry and, and whatever. And Exactly. Yeah. It's been awesome. It's been awesome. I've absolutely loved it. Um, can I ask, um, I know there's going to be loads of people that probably do know who you are, um, but the per- a lot of people that maybe don't follow you, how, how's the best way to get in touch with you, ask you any follow-up questions, work with you? There might be some business owners here that are like, oh, Lexi can help move my staff from London to wherever. Um, yeah. how, how's the best way of them getting in touch with you, Lexi? Uh, best way is probably to either reach out to me on socials, which is just at Lexi Carducci, L-E-X-I-E-C-A-R-D-U-C-C-I. Uh, my website is exactly the same, lexicarducci.co.uk. And my email is lexi at lexicarducci.co.uk. Keeping it nice and simple. simple. <laughs> and I'll make sure that all of those um, links get chucked into the show notes so people can, can access that really, really easily. Um, but Lexi, I couldn't let you go without asking you um, the most important question there is, which is all about your favourite chocolate. And I'm quite interested. I haven't had a, um, a woman on my show for so long. And I know maybe it's been a bit, you know, stereotypical, but women love chocolate, right? And oh so I I'm, 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 I'm can't wait to hear your answer to this. Yes. Okay. So I, when I was listening to some of your other shows, Sam, I was like, mm, a lot of people go for chocolate bars, don't they? And they I can tell you the last time I actually ate a chocolate bar, but chocolate in general, all over it. This is the perfect time of year for my favorite. No chocolate. pun intended as well. <laughs> <laughs> chocolate all over it. <laughs> Any, whatever, all it over it. whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the perfect time of year for my favorite chocolate, which is mini eggs. Oh yeah, like like the like the different coloured ones with the crispy shells, right? That's yes, 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 yes. I've got a super giant family bag in the cupboards. They, I don't have a family. It's just me that's eating them. <laughs> I uh yeah. Do you know what you? I, I've I've been obviously the Easter eggs and stuff are starting to, to pop out. Um, and yeah, I'm a big fan of of. I mean, I like Easter eggs anyway. Just like the, the you know the cheap chocolate you get on Easter eggs. I, I quite oh. like that. Um, but yeah, our oh, mini eggs. There's a the problem with mini eggs is they are like pretty cal- calorific, and you can't. This is the problem I have. Like on on Saturday, this okay. Don't judge me. I ordered chocolate on like Deliveroo from 
from like the local uh, petrol station on Saturday night. Um, I love I've been, that. I've been watching. I've been watching rugby and I had a couple of beers, so I couldn't drive and go and get it. But I ordered a, a massive family bag of um, giant buttons, Cadbury giant buttons, which are like oh, my favorite. That's the that's my favorite way to consume chocolate in button format. That's my favorite. But that's what the eggs are. They're basically just melted down chocolate buttons in a nice shell. In a nice shell. But if I had had that, it would have been exactly the same. You can't just go, oh, do you know what? I'm going to have like a few and then I'm going to put them, put them away. And then I'm going to, they come with, they even come now with a sticker on the back where you can fold it over and save them for later. There is no point putting a sticker. No, I don't think anyone's going to use that. That's no, nobody. <laughs> yeah, that's just stupid. So yeah, that they went in 20 seconds. That's the problem with those, with the mini eggs. I have to get the small small bags otherwise yeah. if I get a big bag they're gone in the same I limit time. myself to 10 in the evening so my dog who's on my lap right now she has five biscuits in the evening and I have 10 mini eggs <laughs> I, I I have a lot of respect for your ability <laughs> to not eat the whole packet because if it was me gone they'd be gone but they I heard your um I can't remember I think it was with the hard hat developers and you said that smarties now very similar to mini eggs with the whole hard shell chocolate in the middle another one of my favorites but you said they were like a cheat or something yeah it, I need to I, I think I think I need to um I think I need to like retract that because <laughs> I have since found out that I was wrong. <laughs> so, oh, well, I've eaten so many Smarties since then. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I've completely ruined the diet, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um, so my my uh, my wife is a big fan of Slimming World, and so whenever we like get need to go on a quick a bit of a health kick, which we've kind of been doing since the beginning of the year, um, she kind of follows. We don't like follow it to the to the letter, but the whole sin thing and all that kind of stuff. And apparently, Smarties were low sins, so. We were like, oh, awesome. Like, we can have a pack of Smarties and that kind of stuff. Then when we looked into it, it was like, yeah, you can have, like, three Smarties. And it's worth, <laughs> it's worth like, seven it's Smarties. It's Smarties, but it's meant two. Yeah, and so we're like, like you know, just, just pouring them down our necks. And, yeah, it wasn't having the desired effect at all. Um, so, yeah, I'm really sorry for everyone that's fallen into the trap that Lexi has. I'm going to have to re- re- retract that statement. Um yeah, be, be careful a bit. It's actually more sins than I thought it was. <laughs> Looked oh, into it in a bit more detail. <laughs> no, I, lo- oh, I, love, I, I, I forgot how much I love Smarties. Another I thing, completely that. non-chocolate, but again, it's because it's low calorie that I've been eating recently. I've completely forgot that I, I liked, is, um, is like sweet and, uh, sweet and salty popcorn. Oh, see, I just like the sweet. Or even better yet, one step further than the sweet, the toffee. Oh, see, yeah, see, this is the thing, right? So the toffee, I mean, the toffee is like the best, like the butter kiss one, right? But I've I've always been anti-salty popcorn, but when you mix Mm. it with the sweet and it's together, number one tends to be slightly lower calorie than just the the, the other ones. But actually, like, the two works really, really well together. So, yeah, if if I'm feeling the urge and I'm, like, trying to have a really good week, I might just like have a little packet of the sweet and salty um and it's only like 90 calories or something like yeah I can do that I can do yeah that. see there you go that is a sin that you can have <laughs> yeah I mean it's just tips tips galore on today's <laughs> podcast episode not just how to um manage your money but also how to uh, lose a little bit of weight as well I love that yeah not not just personal shopping for property but you know also learning <laughs> about all the food as well that goes with it <laughs> exactly I mean yeah what, what what more can you ask for it's um yeah this is this has been absolutely jam-packed full of uh, full of value for our listeners so um before before we go just to remind everyone that's listening to this um we want to try and get as many people to, to to share in this and to get as much value as possible so 
do be sure to take a, a screenshot whilst you're listening and obviously post it to your stories on Instagram, tag me and Lexi in it, we'll share it about. Let's get as many people as we can listening to this because Lexi knows her shit and it'll be good to get as many people listening into this as possible. So again, Lexi, thanks ever so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute ball. I've loved it. No worries. Thank you so much for having me, Sam. And thank you so much for featuring kind of my side of things because you have so many different people on the show and it was nice to bring kind of the property finding personal shopping for property and the property fairy godmother to your show <laughs> indeed indeed spreading a bit of property magic magic for, uh, i love it <laughs> <laughs> thanks lexi thank you sam So there we have it, the end of another awesome Game of Loans podcast episode. But let me ask you a quick question. Did you enjoy the episode? If so, I would be so, so, so grateful if you could hop on your platform of choice and give me a five-star rating and even leave a little review. It just helps me get this podcast out to more and more people. And look, if you enjoyed it, maybe they, they will too. One other little favor is if you like not just listening, but viewing your content, head over to my YouTube channel. The link is in the show notes, but if you want to hop over there straight away, you can just search my name, Sam Norris, the property investors broker, and you will find the channel. Hope to see you over there soon. Cheers.